and welcome back to Trinus Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and I think I've mentioned this a time or two in the past, but perhaps it bears repeating that Trinus Magnus, Jab's Reality, is really supposed to be all about stuff that doesn't obviously fit in with Trinus Magnus Punch's reality, which is the main gig, or at least it doesn't immediately fit in. Does that make sense? Because I don't really, I, I don't, I, I don't think that my show is defined by giving hot takes on things. I've got to be there firstest with the mostest, or at least firstest. There are podcasts out there, or YouTube channels, or blog, just fucking whatever. There are other people out there that, that do stuff like that, and that's just that's not a that's not a race I have any real interest in running in, I guess. So usually, not always, but usually what you hear on this show is stuff that I've had at least a little bit of time to, to think about and, and consider, pontificate upon, and all that. And so that's pretty much that. All of which, I should say, is kind of a long way. God, it's, I'm just now getting started and I've already got a dry throat. I'm going to get a sip off of my orange vanilla coke, which is in a bottle this time, so you don't, you're not going to hear that trash open, opening sound. I don't get it. I just don't get it, but sometimes the minute you start podcasting, that's when your throat chooses to go dry. Podcasting problems. Anyway, so one of the things I wanted to talk about really for a, uh, a while now, is <clears throat> Matrix 4. Now, I can't really believe that the final name of this movie is going to be The Matrix 4, but it doesn't seem to have an official title at this time, so The Matrix 4 seems to be what everybody's calling this movie. Now, like just about everybody, I really enjoy the first Matrix film. It's it's a ton of fun. It's got food for thought. There's some meat on the bone. If you're looking for kind of deeper meaning on something, The Matrix, at least the first Matrix movie, is actually really good. Now, as to the sequels, <clears throat> not very long after I launched Trinus Magnus Punches Reality, I thought it might be kind of fun to do a handful of episodes about misunderstood films. Right, films that, for whatever reason, the great majority of people, they just didn't, they they missed the boat. Maybe that's the best way to put it. There's there's a lesson to be taken from this movie that they did not take. Now the intent was not necessarily to point to a bunch of movies that everybody hates and says, oh well, you know what, those are actually pretty good after all, and here's why. Although there was a lot of that, the the actual intent was to say, I think that you've got this movie all wrong, and I'm going to explain to you why. <clears throat> and one of those episodes that I did was about The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions. And I'm going to leave it up to you guys to decide for yourselves how good a job I did at talking about those two films just because of the fact that I 
I've got a pretty decent recollection of what I said in those episodes. And even at the time, I, this is not like a retrospective thing, all right? Like even at the time, I remember thinking, you know, this, I don't know that I necessarily communicated what I wanted to communicate. And this is a subject I may want to revisit at some point in the future. In point of fact, that sort of holds true for basically anything, I, I won't say everything, but that could hold true for just about anything that I recorded. In my first hundred episodes, I do reserve the right to revisit that subject at some point because those first hundred episodes, I'm not saying they're bad, but I'm saying that maybe they're not quite up to snuff in, in, in some cases. And I, I'm really not too interested in relitigating The Matrix Reloaded. <clears throat> The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions here. Not really interested in doing that, but I do at least want to set the table on all this by saying that I have talked about The Matrix in the past. Like I say, there was that epi the aforementioned episode of Trinus Magnus Punch's Reality wherein I talked about the sequels, but then I think I also did an episode that was about a couple of Matrix comics. And so... That's really about it. I haven't really, <clears throat> I haven't really talked at great length about too much else related to the Matrix aside from those two episodes, at least that I can remember. And when news came down the pipeline that the Ma that there was going to be another Matrix sequel, basically there's going to be the Matrix Four. This was something that I was, this this news was something that I remember being uh, pretty open to. Basically, if you watch really any of the existing Matrix trilogy, which I guess we can't really call it a trilogy anymore, but any of the existing Matrix films, you know, you watch any of those, and I would say especially if you watch the sequels, right? But really any of them, you're hard-pressed to get away from... Like, I don't think those movies are as woke as they could be. But especially for their time. They're pretty fucking woke, you know? That, and it seems that everything in Hollywood these days is, is going... It's basically... It's getting woke. Just about everything, you know? Not necessarily everything, but it seems like a lot of Hollywood properties are getting woke and a lot of them are going broke as a perhaps as a direct result and when it comes to the matrix like i say this is a brand that was already pretty fucking woke to begin with anyway and so the question must be asked how much woker can the matrix possibly get because it stands to reason that it will be all right it makes sense to me that we're going to get a certain level of wokeness in this fourth matrix film but it's just at least when it comes to the Matrix, how is that different from any other day? And so I guess there's that to think about. I'm already kind of friendly to, to the Matrix as it stands anyway, so what's more wokeness in the Matrix? So so I guess I, I, I guess there's that. The other thing is the Matrix as a concept has an idea or series of ideas. One might even say a plethora of ideas running underneath the surface. And I think a very valid, very fair, very lucid way of evaluating the Matrix sequels, it's basically 
a presentation of a variety of philosophical worldviews that if you're so inclined, you can just kind of pick your favorite. Yeah, there's a lot of myth in there. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, religious illusions in there. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, right? But the engine that's powering the Matrix as a concept, it's really all these different forms of philosophy that the Wachowskis have studied over the years and which they find intriguing. And apparently certain key elements of the movie going public found compelling as well because, well, being philosophical and learned didn't seem to really hurt, at least the first Matrix film, so there you go. So, there's that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is there, there's a lot that's already happening with the Matrix that I'm already familiar with. Again, the wokeness, and again, the question has to be asked, how much woker can the Matrix get? There's the idea of the Matrix, which whatever else may or may not be in the Matrix 4, you know that there's going to be some philosophical who'sy what's this going on. And ultimately, as I say, the Matrix isn't defined by its wokeness, it's defined by the ideas that all of the characters express or subscribe to, or for that matter, or might be opposed to. And it's... I guess anything's possible, never say never, but I don't see the Matrix 4 giving up on the idea the ideas of the matrix the 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 philosophies and the uh, the ideas the concepts the religious illusions i i just don't see matrix 4 turning its back on that considering who's making it so so there's that the other thing is there's undeniably i think a little bit of 90s nostalgia that's going on right now and this has been kind of an interesting thing uh, to witness because you know when you're around in life long enough you kind of start seeing the patterns and uh, how things sort of fit together and it seems that there it, it seems that things seem to move in like 20 or maybe 30 year cycles where it's all about the 60s you know 60s 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 and then it's the 70s and it's all about the 70s and then it's the 80s and now it seems like it's the 90s and I remember when and arguably I mean we're still kind of there you know that whole uh, retro 80s I even know what to call it retro wave I guess I, I, I like that I certainly enjoy that and obviously I think we're still largely in that right now but it's kind of undeniable, you know, you'll start looking around at what's happening in the culture. There is a little bit of a sense of people looking back at the 90s and saying, you know what, things weren't really all that bad back then. That was all right. And The Matrix definitely fits in with that. Now, I'm a, I, maybe it's just because I came of age in the 90s and I've, I, I've just got that perspective of it that... To me, the 90s isn't really just one thing. You've got the early 90s, which is one thing, and then the the mid-90s, which I think is really many things. The late 90s, which is somehow many more things still. 
And so to say that something typifies the 90s, I don't know if you can really say that just because of how dynamic and diverse that decade really was. And I know this because I fucking lived through it. But however you want to slice it, The Matrix definitely plays into any kind of 90s nostalgia or fixation or just whatever it is. And so I really don't know if I'm doing such a good job of explaining this, but I guess what I'm trying to say is when you think about what The Matrix is, all right, a little bit of wokeness or perhaps a lot of wokeness. The ideas and philosophies of the Matrix, the 90s nostalgia thing that, or at least the 90s isms that the Matrix kind of represents. Everything about the Matrix 4, and this is my point, everything about the Matrix 4, everything is, it sounds kind of interesting to me. Nothing about this is immediately jumping out at me and saying, well, I don't know. I'm not feeling so good about this. I mean, look, people can say whatever they want about the sequels which is to say Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. But there's some amazing visuals in there. There's uh, some some great fight choreography, some amazing ideas. I think the Wachowskis, they took something that was at least superficially a kind of simplistic black and white sort of action-adventure story of the first film, and they deepened it, they refined it, they added moral complications to it that one side is not completely good and the other side is not completely bad we actually find out that there are three sides and all of whom have differing agendas and they have one might say legitimate grievances against one another and then there are these sort of independent agents in the human world in the machine world in the programming world and how all of these different factions are alienated against each other and I guess what I'm saying is the Wachowskis, you, look, you can love or hate the second and third Matrix films. You can love them or you can hate them, whatever. What you cannot say is that the Wachowskis made the safe play. You cannot say that they took the easy way out. They took something that they could have turned into a formula. That first Matrix film, the success of it, easily could have been developed into a formula that you could have really turned this thing into a gravy train. And they didn't do it. They, again, you can love those movies or you can hate them. They challenged themselves. They challenged the audiences. And at the same time, they developed something that I think is particularly original. And all these years later, it kind of stands apart from the action sci-fi movie bonanza of the late 90s and then getting into... Really, you could even say into the mid to late 2000s, the Matrix, the existing Matrix films kind of exist in their own strange little world where there's nothing else out there that's quite like them. And so the idea of coming back to that, whatever the motivations might be, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't pretend to know what's motivating the creation of a new Matrix movie at this time. But the timing of this new Matrix movie, at least based on everything that we know, which honestly is not very much, but based on everything that we know, nothing about this is turning me off, guys. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is going to be the greatest thing ever. It's going to make you forget all about the first Matrix movie or anything like that. 
I'm just saying that this has the potential to be an enjoyable sci-fi action romp that has some religious ideas to it, some philosophical ideas to it, some literary ideas to it, you know, all that stuff. And so that was basically the baggage that I was bringing into this thing just at the outset, you know, with the announcement that this movie is coming, it is happening. And honestly, not much is really known other than it's going it's going to be here at some point. So, so there's that. But then we started getting, I don't even know what else to call these things except spy photos from part of the shoot of the Matrix 4 that I think looks like it was, this particular stuff was uh, filmed in San Francisco. This comes from IndieWire.com. The title of the story is The Matrix 4 Kicks Off Filming with Keanu Reeves, But This Is Not the Neo You Remember. And I don't know as I want to read the entire news story right here on mic. Number one, that's just kind of boring to listen to. Number two, I'm not, I'm actually not really sure how legal that is to to tell you the truth. But uh, basically, there's some preamble here. The article says, you know, what's what and what's going on with this. It's kind of a decent little recap of the uh, officially confirmed information about the Matrix 4. And then we get a picture of fuck why does it do this okay anyway so we get a picture of keanu reeves it looks like he's coming out of a restaurant or something like that and guys this is very much like john wick ish type of keanu reeves this is uh it's it's right there in the headline you know if you're expecting him to wear the the black long coat and uh, the, the the black clothes with the dark sunglasses and all that stuff. That's not the the picture that we that we see here. It's basically Keanu Reeves. He's got the beard going. He's got he's got the long hair. Very John Wick looking, and it's it's basically not exactly the way that anyone I think would expect to see Keanu Reeves in uh, a matrix film. So I guess let's just, let's just tackle that right there. That kind of has me interested because it I mean, we knew that Keanu Reeves was coming back. I mean, it's not like that super secret spoiler information and my memory of it is that was actually part of the original matrix four announcement that, yeah, he's back. And so is, so is Carrie Ann Moss, and she's back. Well, you're supposed to ask yourself, how can they possibly come back because we saw them die in The Matrix Revolutions? Or at least in Neo's case, it's implied that he's dead. You know, how could somebody possibly survive something like that? And so, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen a few fan theories on that, and I'm not really sure what to think. I'm not really too interested in getting into that stuff. It's basically meant to whet your appetite a little bit. And I think this is actually very good publicity for the movie. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody involved in the production is actually permitting this. You know, they they authorized this. So, in fact, you know what? I do want to de- develop that a little bit because <clears throat> if you just look at the quality of this picture, the clarity of it, and how seemingly close it appears to be to the actual production crew and Keanu Reeves as he's coming out of the uh, out of the restaurant it does it does kind of make me wonder that 
this was done with somebody's knowledge and permission involved with the film. So I don't know. So anyway, uh, let's see. Getting into the article, it says, uh, and it talks about uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. It says, the actors are returning to their iconic roles of Neo and Trinity, but Matrix fans would hardly know that from the first batch of set photos and video from the Examiner. Reeves's Neo is not looking anything like the cyber warrior that fans adore. Open parentheses. The character's trademark black sunglasses and clothing are missing. Close parentheses. Instead, Neo just looks like Reeves stepped out to grab a coffee. Most Matrix fans probably wouldn't expect to see Neo sporting a beanie and blue jeans. What does that mean for Matrix 4? Warner Brothers has yet to reveal any specifics on the movie's plot. Moss and Reeves are being joined for the Matrix, and it just kind of meanders from there. And it goes on to say that Lawrence Fishburne is not known, at least at this time, to be coming back, and it's pretty well confirmed that Hugo Weaving, who played Agent Smith, is also not coming back. Now, uh, let's see. Uh, article goes on to say, There are rumors circulating that the plot involves time travel, and Abdul Mateen II is playing a younger version of Morpheus, but again, nothing has been confirmed by, by Warner Brothers. And so, then there's a quote from Hugo Weaving. He says, It's unfortunate, but actually I had this offer, and he's talking about for a play, I had this offer, and then the offer came from the Matrix, so I knew it was happening, but I didn't have dates. I was in touch uh, with uh, Lana Wachowski, but in the end... Uh, yeah, it basically just says that it's not happening. I'm not going to be joining in on the movie. They're, he goes on to, say, to even say they're pushing on ahead without me. And that's actually the one part of all this that I think I'm going to raise the bullshit flag on and say, I don't know that I completely buy that. And the reason for that is, you know what? Look, I'm sure that Hugo Weaving legit was busy. Okay, if he says that he just couldn't get the dates to line up, then I'm sure that means he couldn't get the dates to line up. That's fine. Whatever. This idea, though, that they're pushing on without him, that I don't know if I believe. Because if you know anything about The Matrix, or at least if you can make some educated guesses, you know that this thing is a carefully constructed fucking machine. All right? And if the script, the script obviously required Hugo, or at least Agent Smith, it, it required Agent Smith at least on some level or another. And if he's necessary to be in the, if it's necessary for that character to be included in the script, then it's probably not really feasible to take him out of the script. And so what I think may be happening is. Again, I'm not making predictions. I don't have a crystal ball, and I'm not making any promises. But I'll go out on a limb and suggest to you guys that maybe what'll happen is he's just going to join the... They basically restructured the shoot around Hugo Weaving's availability. And they're going to shoot his scenes once he is available. And maybe that'll be kind of a half-assed surprise for audiences in the same way that it was a surprise that everybody saw coming that Liam Neeson is playing uh, Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins in that same type of way. Or 
or you know what? Maybe for that matter, they're just going to say, well, we managed to make it work after all and generate some more publicity for the movie later on. I don't know. But I would be shocked if this movie comes out and Hugo Weaving is nowhere to be found. Maybe I'll be wrong. I've been wrong before. But I'm just... Uh, what I what I know of how the Wachowskis do any kind of writing if something is in the script it's in there because it has to be in there as far as i know that at least for the matrix they didn't even have any deleted scenes in those movies for the most part they shot what they needed to shoot and there may have been lines uh, like individual lines uh, that, that got cut out of the movie but to the best of my knowledge there are no deleted scenes as such and so <clears throat> if it was necessary to include uh, Agent Smith or something that requires Hugo Weaving's intervention in the script such that he received an offer about coming back, odds are that stuff isn't severable. So my guess, and that's all this is, it's just a guess, is that he's going to be in this movie by the, uh, by the time it, it, it hits theaters and we all go to see it, it's opening day, hey, there's Hugo. That's what I'm thinking, but who knows. So all in all, Am I up for this movie? Am I just back in a Matrix jersey? I just can't wait. I'm chomping at the bit. No, not really. No, I'm not. I, guys, I was ready. I was fucking ready to see Joker. I was a cheerleader for that movie like you just wouldn't believe. And I'm not exactly there with The Matrix 4. It sounds interesting. I'm probably going to see it. I'm betting it's even probably going to turn out to be pretty good. This time travel thing certainly does sound intriguing. I don't know if that's real or what, but it's definitely a rumor that's making the rounds right now. All of that stuff, I'm not hearing anything that's turning me off, but I'm not exactly on the edge of my seat. I just can't wait to see this fucking movie like I was for Joker. So I, I don't know. We'll... We'll wait and see, but at least for right now, I gotta tell you guys where I am, just in my, just on a personal level, and where I am in terms of just being a fan of this, that, or the other thing. Honestly, this movie sounds kind of interesting, and I'm interested in, in, in seeing it. So I guess, I guess we'll see how things go. But uh, anyway, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna come back to this or not. I certainly don't know if I, if I'm ever gonna revisit the subject of the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolutions and maybe try to do a better job of summing up what I think those movies are all, or at least what I think those movies are all about, my thoughts and opinions about those films. I don't know if I'm ever going to do that, but I don't know, maybe. And I don't know if I'm ever going to revisit the Matrix 4, maybe, maybe not. One of the things I will say, though, is the Matrix as a media franchise it never really got the expanded universe that I at least think that it deserved. Yeah, there are a few comics out there, but there's really not a whole lot. Yeah, there are some video games out there, but it's really nothing special. Yeah, there there's the Animatrix, but there's really not much else in terms of, you know, cartoons or, or basically non-feature film about the Matrix to choose from. Certainly there are no novels, or at least that I'm aware of, there are no novels. And this is just one of those, like, The Matrix as a concept is, it's just one of those concepts that I think has so much potential. 
There's so much that you can do with it. And really so little of that has ever been mined that I guess one of the things that I'm hoping for with the Matrix 4 is that we finally do start getting a little bit of payoff with Matrix comics or Matrix novels, uh, maybe uh, some kind of animated ma uh, Matrix miniseries or, or, or fucking whatever. You know, it can be a lot of things. And really, that, that's what I'm hoping for when it comes to what comes out of the Matrix 4. You know, yeah, I want the movie itself to be good, but I also see an opportunity to develop this franchise more comprehensively than was done in the past. So I guess we'll wait and see. Again, I'm not promising that I'm ever going to come back to this. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Anything to do with the Matrix. Maybe I'll revisit it someday, but I at least wanted to put all this stuff out there for right now throw this out there and just see what comes back to me. So I think that's pretty much it for me for right now. So bye everybody. I will see you next time. So I think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find this show on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. My Facebook group is the only official place where you can find everything that has anything to do with this show. The reason for that is because I despise Twitter. Pretty much everything about Twitter sucks. So join the Facebook group today. Speaking of Facebook, you can friend me just by searching for Trentus Magnus, which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. But remember, all feedback and correspondence emailed to me will be read on mic unless you request otherwise. So, if your email isn't intended for public consumption, don't forget to say so. Otherwise, I'll assume that you want your correspondence to be heard by my dozens, and dozens, of fans across the world. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Since we're on the subject of feedback, Trentus Magnus Punches Reality can be found on iTunes just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. Won't you take a moment to rate my show on iTunes? That helps new listeners find the show. And just in case you don't think that I've given you enough shit to click on just yet, you can sponsor my show simply by going to twotruefreaks.com. There you can find the PayPal button, donate any amount at all, specify that you're sending Magnus some monetary love, and you will be an official sponsor of my show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. And there's no minimum donation. Be a Trennis Magnus show sponsor today. I don't have a Patreon, because if you think that I hate Twitter, 
boy, just wait till you hear what I think of Patreon. So, if you want to throw some bucks my way, the Two True Freaks PayPal link is the way to do it. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law. Some assembly required. Batteries not included. Many will enter. Few will win. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trinus Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demonsacor of Milan, Italy. Everybody, Magnus here. In 1992, seven men disrupted the comic book industry. And it was awesome. It's hard to find a comic book publisher that launched with more anticipation, excitement, and hype than Image Comics did. Now me, I love Image Comics. So much, in fact, that beginning in March of 2020, I'm embarking upon a brand new epic mega-series. These seven men are disrupting the comic book industry. I'm taking a fond look back at a handful of early image titles. What was good? What was bad? What were some missed opportunities? Well, things couldn't have been too horrible because those comics sold millions and millions of copies. So. Join in on the fun with me and take a fond look back at the comics of yesteryear. These seven men are disrupting the comic book industry. A Trennis Magnus Punches Reality mega series beginning in March of 2020. Only at TwoTrueFreaks.com. TrueFreaks.com